0: I have a a little more than I usually do, so I'm not sure if somewhere in the midst of this I will just stop and finish it tonight or just go for it. I'm kind of just trusting the Spirit of God. and leave it in His hands. It's titled Samson and the End Time Church. Samson and the End Time Church. I believe it's going to become very simple for you to understand where we are and where we're heading in 2010. So we're going to read Judges 13, 1 through 5. Trust that my voice hangs in there. And the children of Israel did evil again in the sight of the Lord. And the Lord delivered them into the hand of the Philistine. 40 years. And there was a certain man of Zoar, of the family of the Danites, whose name was Manoah, and his wife was barren and bare not. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto the woman, and said unto her, Behold, now thou art barren and bearest not, but thou shalt conceive and bear a son. Now therefore beware, I pray thee, drink not wine, nor strong drink, and eat not any unclean thing. For, lo, thou shalt conceive and bear a son, and no razor shall come on his head. For the child shall be a Nazarite unto God from the womb, and he shall begin to deliver Israel out of the hand of the Philistines. Brian Hayes, would you take us before the Lord, please? Amen. You may be seated. Thank you. Brian, thank you. <clears throat> now, Samson is a, I mean, it's an absolute unique um, message in the Word of God. And, and yet, we want to look at this in parallel with the end time church. The angel here comes and foretells te- uh, his birth. says nothing about his great strength. Nothing at all is mentioned with what I read about his this great strength. That we uh, recognize when we use the word Samson. But only that he should be a Nazarite. And particularly that no razor should come upon his head. This is what the Word of God tells us. Now listen. His consecration to God was to be his strength. Not his hair. He didn't lift weights. He didn't do Power X 90 or whatever it's called. It was his consecration to God. His separation to God and from the world that gave him this unbelievable, supernatural strength. It was a type of what the believer is supposed to be in this fallen world. Samson's life. Okay? Not that we're all to walk with long hair. So this strength was um, a promise from God. An absolute promise. It wasn't by nature. He wasn't spending his time in the, in the uh, field house or all those places. This was a promise from God. God says, you dedicate your life to me. The Nazarite vow, you take this and you don't mix with the world and you will have unbelievable strength. You will do exploits for your God. Is what he said to Samson. So Samson is a type Of the spiritual strength that we should have as believers, Colossians one. You have to excuse me; my ears are ringing. Everything's wild right now. Can you hear me? All right. Okay, I can't even hardly hear myself. Verse one or verse nine. Colossians one says, "For this cause we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you, and to desire that you might be filled with the knowledge of His will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. Paul's writing this to the Christians in Colossians. That you might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God. Verse 11, look at this one. Strengthen with all might. Strengthen with all might according to His glorious power unto all patience and long-suffering with joyfulness. So this is a picture of what the church should be. Samson, again, is a picture of what the church should be. You must get this and understand Understand this. Samson was a type and a figure of that spiritual strength that you and I should have as believers. Now listen, it wasn't his hair again. His consecration. His separation, his dedication to God and shunning the world was to be his strength. Just like the church. Those who are a friend with the world is the enemy of God. Are you there? So we're understanding this. Great. Deuteronomy 28 tells us, The Lord shall cause thy enemies. This is the strength that you and I should have as a church and as believers. The Lord shall cause thy enemies that rise up against thee to be smitten before thy face. They shall come out against thee one way and flee before thee seven ways. It's the church that has the knockout punch, not the world. It's the church that is victorious, not the world. (coughs) When we as believers... When you know when I say the church, I'm talking about you as an individual and us as a corporate body. When we are obedient, the church is absolutely invincible. When you are obedient, obedient, you are absolutely invincible. When you are obedient to the word of God and you do what he tells you to do and you get rid of what he tells you to get rid of and you stop what he tells you to stop and you do what he says do, you are invincible. You will have that power and strength that Samson had. He's a type of the church. <clears throat> Joshua 23.9 says, For the Lord hath driven out from before you great nations and strong. There were always greater and stronger than the people of God. Everyone they come up against was straighter, bigger, more wealthier, more high-tech, but God defeated them. So it says here, For the Lord hath driven out. God driven out. I heard this guy say this. It was awesome. When people speak well of you, and they start to proclaim, you know, uh, that you're great and awesome. It says it's like perfume. It kind of like smells good. I like when people say, they uh, go to that New Hope church. It's a good church. I like it. It's like a fragrance. Okay? But it's not to be... Counted towards us making it a good church. Do you understand that? I mean, perfume is nice. I forget who was it. Somebody gave me a hug, somebody didn't even smelled good today. That's great, okay? But if I start to believe that, that that's me, you ever go home and drink perfume? You'll drop dead. You understand? So if you start to believe that which God does through you, that it's you, you'll drop dead. Are you getting that? Okay. <clears throat> Where'd I leave off? 23, 9. For the Lord hath driven out from before you great nations and strong. But as for you, he says, no man hath been able to stand before you unto this day. That's us, the church. One man of you shall chase a thousand. How you doing? You chasing thousands? Now you always compare us to what we read here. So it says, so one of you, one man, shall chase a thousand. For the Lord your God, he it is that fighteth for you as he has promised you. Just like Samson, he says, don't do this, don't do that. You will be supernaturally, unbelievably strong. You could take a jawbone of a donkey and you will kill a thousand of the enemy. If you stay dedicated to me. <clears throat> now look at, look at 12. Or 11, Take good heed, therefore, unto yourselves. That means just you. You don't have to elbow anybody. You don't have to think, oh, I wish that person would hear." No, we're talking about you. Okay? So it says again, Take good heed, therefore, unto yourselves. What? That you love the Lord your God. Look what it says. <clears throat> Else, if you do in any wise, go back. Anywise, so we like to have categorized big sins and little sins. God says, in any way, in any way you go back <coughs> from what I brought you, any way you touch, any little thing that you do that I told you don't, <coughs> in any wise go back and cleave under the remnant of these nations even these that remain among you and shall make marriages with them and go in unto them and they to you. Look at the words. No, for a certainty. Not maybe. Not possibly. Oh, you're cuter than that one, so I lean you. That's the way we do stuff. God says, "No, for a certainty <clears throat> that the Lord your God will no more drive out any of these nations from before you but they, that they shall be sneers and traps unto you and scourges in your sides and thorns in your eyes until you perish from off this good land which the Lord your God hath given you. That's what he said. He said, man, when you are obedient, you are invincible. But in any wise, you touch anything, be certain, I'm done. That's what God says. Now, Judges 13, 24, here comes Samson. And the woman bare a son and called his name Samson. And the child grew, and the Lord blessed him, just like God promised. His strength was a promise from God. Not a talent. He just wasn't born strong, born bold, born smart. It was given by God. And the Lord blessed him. And the Spirit of the Lord began to move him at times in the camp of Dan between Zorah in Esdiel Judges 15:20 tells us and he judged Israel in the days of the Philistines 20 years the Philistines the arch enemy okay but look like most flesh like all flesh we forget the warnings of God like all flesh here's what's really scary those of you who have been saved any length of time, you become familiar with worship, with preaching, with people coming down and praying. You don't even pay attention anymore. You're clicking your pen. You're looking up. You're familiar. We did that song before. We did that song. I heard her sing. I heard this word I know about Samson. You become familiar and you lose the edge in serving God. Remember how many times we told you about your sword. Your best, keep it sharp. You've got to use this thing to keep it sharp. In normal times, we don't use it. We get familiar with it. We get laxed. next thing we do, we touch the things that God said, I told you, don't do that. So, just like most of us, he forgives. So, again, he reminds us in Joshua, take good heed, therefore, unto yourselves. I'm preaching to yourself today. I'm preaching to myself that you love the Lord your God. If you're waning, if you're not hitting on all eight cylinders, you better get to this altar sometime today. If you ended 'o nine tripping and spitting and sputtering for the things of God, you better get a grip. The world is not going to get better. Do you understand? The world parties and boozes and hopes ten is going to be better. It's not. It's just not. Men's heart are going to do What? Wax worse and worse, get harder and harder. All of a sudden, there's not going to be—they're not going to stop lying and greed and deceit. The dictators are going to say, "I don't want to take the world again." No, they're not. It's going to get worse, worse and worse. So God again reminds us: take heed to yourself, because I'm telling you, if you go back in any wise, you're going to mess up. You're going to mess up, and know for a certain, this is going to happen to you. This is what God tells us. So, Judges 16, 4. And it came to pass afterward that he loved a woman in the valley of Sorek, whose name was Delilah. Okay? So now, already, I don't know how many years have gone by. Let's say 20, whatever it is. It doesn't matter. 20 years, 20 days, 20 weeks, 20 seconds. All of a sudden, Delilah catches his eye. This woman. <clears throat> so, now remember, Samson represents the true church, the true believer, and what you are to be, consecrated from birth. Well, I didn't know God when I was born. From new birth. From new birth. In case you remember when you were born again and all of a sudden the Spirit of God started to move on you and you didn't want to talk like that, you didn't want to watch that, you didn't want to wear clothes like that, you didn't want to do, you think you just thought of that? That was God moving on you. Next time you went to moving, they went, oh, blank this, cuss word that, F this, you went, ooh, ooh, I don't wanna, that's God doing that stuff in you. That's what the Lord did to you. <clears throat> so now, Samson is the true church, and Delilah, she represents. Now listen to this, Delilah is in this church. <clears throat> It's not like in the world. Delilah's sitting right here amongst us today. She represents this type of end time apostate, supposedly spiritual counterfeit church. Right here. Among, especially in America. The American would open up that box and went, tennis shoes. I got 52 pairs of tennis. Are these Knights? Are these Jordans? Are these Reeboks? Are these a. She went, that girl gets saved, finds Christ through. A pair of tennis shoes. <clears throat> okay? Now, here is the motivation of a Delilah that sits among us. And the Lord of the Philistines, she's enticed by the world. The Philistines, the arch enemy, came unto her and said unto her, Entice him. See, she's pretending to be in love with Samson. She's pretending to be in love with the things Samson does and what he represents, the church and things. So she sits right here amongst us. But she... Uh, is being beckoned by evil spirits and to enticement. See where, the, where his great strength lies because up to this point, Samson is devastating the kingdom of the enemy. When you get right with God, the enemy is devastated. He looks at his roll call and he goes, where are they? I want them back on
1: my list. I want them Damned.
0: So, he finds a Delilah. It doesn't have to be a babe. Anything could be Delilah's. And you'll see. So, he finds some type of Delilah Delilah, to infiltrate your life. Because he wants you back on his roll call. So, the Lord of the Philistines came up unto her and said unto her, Entice him and see whether... Where uh, in his great strength lieth, and by what means he may prevail against him, that we may be able to bind him and afflict him. Now here's one of the main reasons for the apostate, counterfeit spiritual Christian person. And we will give thee every one of us eleven hundred pieces of silver. There is always a getting. Instead of a receiving and blessing, there's no God like Jehovah. You're just like, what could you do for me today, Jehovah? It's a whole whole different concept. Whether you want to call it prosperity, or whether you're just here because you have found new friends, or because we have a movie night, or because we have progressive dinner, just kind of fun things to do, or do you love them? And they said, we will give you 1,100 pieces of silver, which way back then added up to 3,000 uh uh, $520 thereabouts, which is way, a boatload of money. See, you serve God, you get rich. So the motive of our heart here was never really to serve and to love Him, but to only find out the secret of His power and strength. And then to capitalize on it. Are people capitalizing on God today? Hucksters. Selling everything. They want to capitalize on it that she could get Uh, bigger and better houses and and various things, the abundant life, and whether you want to call it the prosperity gospel or the no-suffering gospel, whatever you want to call it, she makes an ally with the world and the world system. But it's disguised in the church with Samson, who was told of God, stay separate from all that and you will be unbelievably strong and then he goes and likes to tell of a fox or something and destroys hundreds of things the Philistines and they're like we've well, got to do something his strength is beyond us so he infiltrates with lies and deceits and entices you to lay down your consecration to God and then you become polluted and by the way Delilah's name means feeble. You become feeble. Any one of you, especially our young folks, any one of you who are on fire for God, and next thing your fire's gone because you're hooked up with some unsaved person. We're like, what happened to them? You become feeble. Have you seen that, Adam? All the time? People's lives, for oh, a fire for God, no matter what, and all of a sudden, what's the matter with them? The matter? Oh, I love Billy, or I love Sally, and they want nothing to do with God. Or, I was telling Brian, you know, it, doesn't, it doesn't have to be a girl, you can be on fire for God, and then you just love cars, is what I said, don't cars, 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 and then you become feeble. You're enticed because you're distracted and you're polluted, and God says, Stay consecrated to me. And you say, but again and you become divided and, and the church is the church feeble today in America. <clears throat> Judges sixteen, sixteen says, And it came to pass when she pressed him, and you will be pressed daily to come away from the things of God. You will be pulled at and tugged at. Yearned at everything. The TV will scream at you. Watch me. Press daily to get away from your beloved. And it came to pass when she pressed him daily with her words and urged him so that his soul was vexed. Look at it. Unto death. What happened to Lot? What's the Bible say about Lot? His soul was vexed. He chose poorly. He chose what it looked like. The world always looks cool, man. New York and lights and all that. Las Vegas and things and red carpet and money and power and fame and Morgan Bank and this and you become vexed with it. And that's what happened. He was vexed. And look what he did. Remember, You know the story, I'm, I'm assuming you know the story of Samson where she's constantly after him trying to find his strength and he just keeps saying things that aren't true. And she goes about trying to, um, she thinks it is true. So she tells the enemy, I've wrapped him in ropes and untested and he busts them and, and so we're all the way through all this and then she finally says, you don't love me. And then here he comes and he, that he told her all his heart. All his heart, sharing it with the world, with Delilah, with the phony church. And he told her all his heart and said unto her, There hath not come a razor upon my head, for I have been a Nazarite unto God from my mother's womb. If I be shaven, then my strength will go from me, and I shall become weak, listen to this, and be like any other man. Now look, come on. How can you and I be like any other religion? But we seem like we are. We have all power living inside of us. We are complete in him, the Trinity, the true and living God, yet we look like. All the, how could, the world is dying for truth. They might not know it. They're trying all kind of weird stuff because they're on this unbelievable search. Now, some will say, I'll never want it, but there should still be some lining up. What do you got? But we look just like the rest. How can it be? Because we have become feeble, because we have linked up with Delilah's. With the fake apostate, just give me what I want. I've seen churches, we're here to get what's ours. I've seen all kind of nonsense. Have you ever come here just to give to God? Just to give your love to God, your praise and worship to God? Just totally give to God? Just like any other. Verse 18 says, And when Delilah saw that he had told her all his heart, she sent and called for the lords of the Philistines. You see, the apostate church doesn't go, Oh, oh, I really feel bad for him. Immediately, she just said, That's it. Get him. Saying, Come up to this once, for he hath showed me all his heart. The lords of the Philistines came up unto her and brought money in their hand. I'm telling you, there's a ton of people serving Jesus to get. That's it. To get, whether it's a backache, a footache, money, cars, stuff, whatever. They're serving him to get. That is a counterfeit Delilah, feeble, lousy, good-for-nothing church. 19 says, and she made him sleep upon her knee. When you become feeble, you lose the ability to discern. You don't even understand what's going on. I have stared at people. I have stuck the Bible in their face. I have yelled at them. I have wrote letters to them and said, What are you doing? And they never give me a thought. And they just do it. She's now sleeping on his knee. And the enemy's coming to take his strength and his consecration from God. And he's asleep. She made him sleep on her knee. And she called for a man, and she caused him to shave off the seven locks of his head, and she began to afflict him, and strength went from him. Remember again, please remember, it's not the hair. That was just a type of his consecration, his separation, his sanctification under God. It's being pure. Those who are pure shall see God, be used by God, do exploits for God it's the enemy's job to keep trying to entice you. Oh, sweetheart. Oh, you're so wonderful. And pull you back. And tell me, what's your great strength? <clears throat> and most times we succumb to it. So the Philistines take him and what do they do? Out goes his eyes. They pluck his eyes out and brought him down to Gaza, found him with fetters of grass, and he did grind in the prison house. I believe that's where the church has been in America for a long time. In the prison house, grinding out grind, grink blind. The church has lost its influence in America. We just have. For a long time. But listen to this now. I believe God put us there. Understand, because when everything's hunky-dory, we don't serve God. We don't look for some great move of God. We don't long for a desire of God. When you're prosperous and you're blessed and eight cars in your drive, you're not, I need God. You're not. You're like, I need a vacation. I'm going to Hawaii. I'm going... That's the way we are. I believe God threw us in that place because we became feeble. We polluted our life with the world. And now the world cannot tell the difference. Christians drink. Christians lie. Christians cuss. Christians go to Vegas. The Christians voted for uh, gambling, voted for <laughs> people who absolutely believe in abortion. That's all, you're polluted. We're so polluted, we don't even know we're polluted. Understand, this has been years. If we could resurrect a Christian, an average, love-God Christian uh, from 1850, they would look at us and abomination! That's the truth. It's just that's how bad and how subtle we've become duped, tricked, and deceived by the enemy. <clears throat> so, in darkness of prison, alone... Reviled, persecuted, humiliated, blind, sits the church, sits us. Then another big celebrity pastor falls, and it's all over the paper. And again, we're just grinding. It's pretty much what has been the length of my salvation and i was saved in 74 his hair that was shaved represents that perfect covering from god that perfect that promise his righteousness before god was his sanctification was his separate separate from the world it was his source of power and his authority it was completely cut off by the fake church And they're all over your TV. And they're all over the radio. You buy their books. You run to their seminars. And you listen to their tapes. Because you're on their knee. And we've lost the ability to discern. And it's only the word of God. Sharper than any two-edged sword. Piercing asunder. That's going to make us. What? That's it. Now. So let me, again, tell you, Delilah means feeble. When you think of us, think of the church, think of your ability to witness, think of your courage and boldness to just talk about God, to do something for God. Feeble, weakness, deficient in resources. Okay? It means deficient in resources that indicate authority and force. That's all wrapped up in the name Delilah. feeble. You're walking for God. You're pumped for God. You're strong for God. You're doing a force for God. And the enemy gets alone and so we've got to do something. Whether it's a church, whether it's the Church of America, whether it's this church, God says, we've got to do something. I'll never forget Bruce's message when he brought his um, a fishing tackle and his fish pole in that little church. And he would zip it. And he fish. And he'd he was the enemy. And you're the ones in the water. Nothing bit. He would change. Try this. Power. Or women. Or whatever. And all of a sudden... Just let it run. And you run. You no longer do what you did in church. You're no longer active in church. You're no longer strong in church. I wonder where you are. Ed's trying to call you. Or trying to find you. You're just... And if you don't get off, and you don't get off, the enemy all of a sudden goes. Poof! It is God. And what you don't bite on that that one did, he'll change lords again and go. Okay. And you're going. Oh. Is it the truth? wonderful people of God no longer serving God. Wonderful men and women of God. Powerful.
1: Testimonies.
0: Just a-running. The enemy's going... And when he wants to, at his will, he goes... And there you end up beside the enemy and demons are taking pictures.
1: Look
0: at that big one. And he got you. He got you. Enticed you. Brought something into your life, whether it's a man, whether it's a woman, whether it's a job, whatever it is, to make you feeble and polluted. And now you are no longer what you were supposed to
1: be and could be.
0: Well, we'll just wrap this up. We'll wrap the whole thing up. <clears throat> the people that make us feeble are people that are into Christianity and what's in it for them. What's in this for me? There are churches that got to have... It's almost like, um, like in the movies. You know, this is what's showing... And this is what's coming. I mean, you've got to have everything in the world for you to do something. We've got to have a divorce club, a widow club, an old people club, a senior club, a golf club, a bowling league, a dart league, ice cream social, spaghetti social, fish fry. Can anybody just want to love God and do something for God? I mean, really? Seriously. That, that, that's what our churches have become. This is what we're going to do. That's why I try to emphasize look, we're going to have a movie, but this is the reason for it. It isn't just for you to come, good movie. There's no popcorn allowed, no candy, none of that junk in here. This is a sanctuary. Holy, dedicated unto God, and you're to bring the people who need God. So these are people. And what's in it for me? They want to serve God to get. They want the benefits, but not the benefactor. That's what they want. There's tons of these people. People like me, preachers, have created this in our American culture. They're in it for gifts and not for the giver. That's what Christmas has become, right? Just getting gifts. That's what it's become. Hype. You can't even move on maple. Get, get, get. Hurry, hurry, sell. Black Friday, Black Friday. Day after, day before. All the fruits of the labor, they want it for themselves, not for God. It's not for God. We love the Lord only if He can get us out of jail. We love the Lord only if He can get us out of some jam. We love the Lord only if He can get you a better job. We love the Lord just because it's nice in here. It's nice you guys are friends. You talk nice to me, but you're not committed. You're not for it. You're not in love with Almighty God. And at this time, and for a while, it seems like Delilah has won. Seems like it. And I'm sure that the Philistines and Delilah thought so themselves. Got him. Haven't heard from him for a long time. Every once in a while they might peek through the door. There he is, sucker. Grinding. Grinding. Year after year, blind, unheard of, out of no no influence. No one's noticing the church. But in that darkness of that prison, alone, reviled, persecuted, humiliated, what happened? His hair started to grow back. And as the hair grow back, I'm sure he was in there going, Oh, God, what have I done? I'm so sorry. Lord, would you please forgive me? And his hair started to grow back. Now, this is what I believe for 2010. I believe our hair is starting to grow back. Now, maybe not on all of us. On our own churches or all individual churches. But those of you who become obedient to God, those of you who say, Oh, God, Yes. I've lost my influence. I've lost my testimony. I've lost my fire. I don't have it. And you come to this altar and you humble yourself before God. Not right away. Eventually, your hair is going to start to grow back. That influence, and that power, and that testimony. And you'll know this time you won't drink it. You'll realize that's God. God's done this. And you'll remember the days and months, if not years, you spent humiliated Blind. So, Judges sixteen twenty two, it says, Howbeit the hair of his head began to grow again after he was shaven. Then the lords of the Philistines gathered them together for to offer a great sacrifice unto Dagon, their God, and to rejoice. For they said, Our God hath delivered Samson, our enemy, into our hand. And the people saw him. They praised their God. For they said, Our God hath delivered into our hands our enemy and the destroyer of our country, which slew many of us. They put a stop to the move of God, to the people of God. And now they were saying, Our God, small g, is greater than Jehovah, because we have polluted ourselves and have become feeble. And now we are misrepresenting our God to the lost and dying, damned nation called America. And it came to pass when their hearts were merry that they said, call for Samson. They wanted to bring their great trophy off the mantle. Remember when we caught this sucker?
1: Oh, man.
0: Call for Samson and bring him out. When their hearts were made merry, and they said, "Call for Samson, that he may that he may make us sport." We could laugh at, at the church. They're a church. They thought they were going to have a revival, restoration. Two thousand ten. You got to be. We have kept taking our cuts as a church. Adam says. I don't know, a few months ago. Can I do another restoration? Absolutely. But here we go again. We're going to take our cuts again. It, and it seems like, look, we've done the best we can. We put all effort in it. Tons of you have volunteered. But it seems like all we've done was. What are we going to do this year? We're going to take another cut? We are. We're going to go for it, because I think our hair's starting to grow. Hallelujah. And the whole thing is winning souls, you understand? That's the whole thing, and we're so far off from that. So they brought him up to make merry and to make sport of him, and they called for Samson out of the prison house, <clears throat> and he made them sport, and they set him between the pillars, mocking and laughing at the God of Jehovah, the church that God died for. And they are. They're mocking us and laughing at us. And we give them plenty of fuel to do that. We've fallen in front of them. We've had affairs in front of them. We've had homosexuals. All of a sudden, great men of God, homosexuals. It's been a disgrace. And now the world's going... They want to go drink. We go drink with them. We buy. Yeah, I want for everybody! We've shaved our heads. We have no strength, no might, no consecration, no nothing. We will sit through F movies, F this, F that. That was funny. (laughs) This guy is so funny. Never thinking, what are you? Just... And Samson said unto a lad that held him by the hand, a lad, Samson, a jawbone, a thousand people, yanked a metal gate in its posts and ran to the top of the mountain, took on the Philistines. Now he's being led by a lad. But his hair starting to grow. Don't lose that now. You know the state of our church. But the hair starting to grow. To those and some of you, you're feeling the moving of God and the stirring of God. And no matter what, I'm going to serve God. And there's hope in God. And there's a joy. and This is just getting good. Samson said unto the lad that held him by the hand, Suffer me that I may feel the pillars whereupon the house standeth that I may lean upon them. So he's looking for the pillars. And he found them. <clears throat> now the house was full of men and women. And all the lords of the Philistines were there. And there were upon the roof about 3,000 men and women that beheld, uh, that beheld while Samson made sport. Who knows what they were doing? Throwing stuff at him, Tomatoes? I don't know what they were doing. What they were doing. I'm sure it was crude and rude. And then what happened? Samson called unto the Lord. You understand, that's all you got to do. God's not going to say, I'm not going to hear you. I told you it's tough. You made your bed. you lying. That's not the kind of God we serve. He's full of mercy and forgiveness. Samson called unto the Lord and said, Oh, Lord God, remember me. Have you ever done that? I mean, so nothing's going on. So dark, no movement. No one wants God. And I'm going, Oh, God, you remember us. I pray thee, strengthen me. I pray thee, only this once, O God, that I may be at once avenged of the Philistines for my two eyes. Samson took hold of the two middle pillars upon which the house stood, and on which it was borne up, and one with his right hand, the other with his left. Now listen, and Samson said, "Let me die with the Philistines." We need people that are willing to die for the Lord. Just die for him. Live or die. We're the Lord's. See, our lives are too valuable to us. Samson said, Let me die with the Philistines. And he bowed himself with all his might, and the house fell upon the Lord, upon the Lord's, and upon all the people that were therein. So the dead which he slew at his death were more than they which he slew in his life. More. Just by his death. Just by his death. Samson and the end-time church. We are to be Samson's. Supernatural strength. Now listen to this. That's not of you. Has nothing to do with you. I know I would almost bet Samson looked like me. But he just had this supernatural I mean, if I sneeze, I can hurt my back. I bet you Samson was not a Arnold Schwarzenegger. I bet he wasn't, just knowing God. I bet he was just an average Joe who separated himself from the world and God gave him supernatural ability and power to honor his name. But the enemy comes enticed And now you're polluted. And now you are feeble. Michael. See, there he is. Okay, thank you, Mike. This is what we're going to give you a chance, Samson. We're going to give you a chance. If you feel the Spirit of God confirming that to you, then we're giving you a chance to come to this altar and say, God, remember me. Remember me and give me that strength that I should have or I once had. A lot of you, if I called you up here, can testify. You've been a bozo, but as soon as I started seeking God again, I felt the strength of God and I started walking in God started showing me things and then I became a bozo again and I started seeking God. It doesn't take long. The holidays we went through are just long enough to destroy our walk with God. They just are. You cut a few services out and you're running here and you're running there and a rush and this and the chaos and, you know, you've got this picture how things are going to go and they never go that way and you come back here on January 3rd and you're like, preach to us. So I am. As the band gets their thoughts together and their heads together, let's stand. Look, we'll be going at it again tonight. We are having church now. Gave you a couple Sunday nights off, but we are back in the groove. Look, don't be offended by this. Everyone in this room, there are Delilahs in your in our lives. Either trying to get in or have been in a long time. I mean you you are in such a relationship with the Delilah, you almost look you've got to come to this altar. You gotta rise up off her lap, come to this altar and say, God, if you don't show me, if you don't anoint my eyes, do you understand, Lord, I can't see without you, I don't understand without you, I can't discern without you. Please God. Remember me. And give me my strength back. Now look, us as American Christians, we like that one, two, three, pink. That's not what God's gonna do. If we shaved everybody's hair, we would look kinda of weird for quite a while. Right? It takes time. It can, God will forgive you instantly. You will be back in His graces instantly. You'll be back in His favor instantly. But the hair just kinda of won't be there yet. But you will feel it. You will feel the stirring, the wanting to come back, the wanting to pray, the wanting to be used. But it all starts with this altar call that we're going to have now. So We're going to open up our altars. We're going to ask you to come, please, every one of you. And do just like Samson. Come to this altar and say, God, remember me. Remember me, Lord. And I've been on the shelf so long, God. I got tired of people stabbing me in the back. I got tired of this. I was just going to stay saved, God. I didn't mean to cool off. That's what you do. Get off the shelf. Get off Delilah's lap. Come back here and let your Heavenly Father give you orders again. Orders are open. Please come. (coughs)